This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the anti-Christ of professional wrestling. David Arquette won the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. My anger on a pole match. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Now you're the editor, right? Yes, I am. Mankind did it! Chappy Chappy! Beep beep! Goldberg steered Russo out of the cage! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Bro, we're not gonna... Jeff, let me ask you something. Okay. <laughs> we're not gonna play that clip. Which uh, one? That will absolutely bury Al to uh, his fans, uh, the audience, and the entire world. We're not going to play that till next week. Next right? week, because our audience hasn't seen it yet. Okay, they need to see right, it so next right. week there will be an opening clip Okay, that will absolutely destroy the good name of Al Snow. Is that correct? <laughs> it's possible. It's not I like I'm going to wake up late and just show up on my own show, you know, half an hour. <laughs> and just, oh, I took a shower and, you know, gave that, so. All right, Jeff. I see we have a video to start the show. Yeah. I found out a, uh, a person online described my voice as it's, it sounds as if I'm talking into a box fan. <laughs> Bro, to be honest, that's not a bad description. Yeah. Which I, I was thinking if I were to stand behind a box fan and I were to talk into it, would it cancel it out and then I'd sound normal? I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Before it's we get to the videos, I want to show this uh, this video that was put out. Can I address Al's voice first, please? Yeah. Okay. Al, it's very Barry Whitish, and Barry White is over with me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Barry White. It was oh, cool. Barry White was the man, bro. Yeah, There's never been another Barry White, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, go ahead, Jeff. What are we doing now? So there's a game coming out, WrestleQuest. Now, Al, are you in this game? Yes, I am. How's yeah. in it, bro? Al, Al, Al's got his hand in freaking everything, bro. Movies, yeah. comics, stand-up comedy, comedy clubs, video games. Al's involved in everything, bro. Magic Yeah, it looks interesting to me because it seems more like a role-playing game than a traditional one-versus-one wrestling. It is it's kind of like an adventure game. Yeah. The name WrestleQuest, you know, it's it's, you know, they go through different wrestling organizations and they have to wrestle certain wrestlers and, and work their way up the ladder. Looks like it's coming out on PS5, Xbox, Steam, so I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to be playing that game, but Skybound Games, who's developing, put out this tweet yesterday, Vince, and they say there's no greater opponent for a wrestler than climbing a ladder. So let's watch this video. This is from their studios. <sighs> Nick, Nicholas, Nixon. Don't worry, brother. I got oh. you covered. Uh, he'll okay, do anything. Man, really. no, he'll do right. anything, I bro. It. I got it. I got it. He'll do anything, bro. Okay, show up at the show. Have Al show up at your warehouse, bro. He'll come. I will. I got it. I got it, Nick. He's too much. Look at him. Look at him. He's too much. Hold on. Okay. I almost got it. <laughs> he's, he's the modern day version of Tim Conway. Hey, Nick. Hey, Vinny. Hey, Al. How are you? It's, it's coming. It's like somebody just keeps moving it away, you know? It's time for WrestleQuest. That's, that's. All right, now hold awesome. on for a second. Let, 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 me, let me get the premise correct, Al. If I watch, if I watch that video, I'm supposed to uh, run and get wrestle a quest. Is that is that the idea, bro? Well, I would assume it was not my idea. Um, they did a whole series of commercials with Jeff Jarrett and DDP and myself, uh, where they're kind of like the old Sports Center commercials, where everything's normal around everyone, you know, in the office, yeah. and yet. Yeah. Here we are doing these, you know, 
Like I'm, I'm the uh, one point I'm a uh, receptionist, and then the, you've got two people looking at the employee of the month, which is head, and then head sitting on the desk with me, and I'm congratulating them, and and I answer the phone, and I'm like, oh, it's your mom, and you know, and uh, I get, I guess the thing I'm not getting yeah. is, bro, you are in ridiculous show i bro i I don't i'm not even gonna say you're in ridiculous shape for your age you're in ridiculous shape period i don't get the concept of you not being able to climb a ladder because wrestlers whenever they have a a ladder match they can't ever seem to quite get up the ladder and get that title you know they have to climb it really slow they fall down (laughs) how did you miss that that was i missed it bro i missed it because i'm sitting here saying how can al snow in tip top condition not climb up the ladder yeah that was the tweet the biggest biggest obstacle for wrestlers is climbing a ladder yeah whenever (laughs) they have a ladder match and there's a title up there man they just can't quite you know they they put the guy down and then they slowly painstakingly crawl up the ladder those steps are so hard i mean hey uh, al i heard a rumor concerning WrestleQuest. i heard a rumor that they uh they paid double more than you bro Double J, they paid him more than they paid you, man. Uh, you know, no, Double J's got more lives than thirty-two cats. So. Oh, yeah. no shit, bro! I've I've made the statement, uh, Al. When the end of the world comes, the only thing going to be left standing: roaches and Double J, and share. Yeah, share yeah. roaches and Double J. That's yeah, it. that's it. That is it, bro. Yeah, maybe right. maybe uh, Mick Jagger. You know, yeah, maybe eighty years old yesterday, bro. Yeah, the three of them. Around a campfire, that's it, and the roaches. Bro, I was surprised he was only 80. I thought he was a lot older than that. Well, you know, he, he's had a, you know, it's, that's 80 years of the hard road, too. Bro, can you imagine how many women this guy's had in 80 years? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, imagine? my God, bro. Now that he's 80, going, ah, oh, it's like a raisin lane on top of it. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what do we got here? What's this? I'm sure it's the first video, I'm sure. Yeah, we got a bunch of videos. Of course we do. Why Why? Why wouldn't we, Al? Why wouldn't we have a bunch of videos? Why not? This has become a very popular segment. <laughs> yes. So this one was sent by Al. Yes. Also sent in by Nicholas Baresi, Nicholas Burnett, Emmanuel Pease, Tony Thwaites, and I- Arm Drag 6. Uh, let me say this. Oh, I saw this one, man. The reason oh. I sent this in is... I saw this. Let me point out, incredible athleticism, you know what I mean? Uh, but just the complete carelessness and lack, uh, and just irresponsibility, and the total disregard for the health and welfare of uh, of the of your opponent. I mean, it, it's it's... It's absurd, you know, and I don't know who in the back, honestly, like a real true professional would watch this and go, you know what, I'm going to let him do that to me. There's no way in hell I would ever let that happen to me. It, it, You know, you'd call it and I go, well, okay, I'm going to move. So just watch. control that there's no way to pull that there's no way that's just pure impact you know what but, i mean but, Al, is is that pure wrestler number two doesn't know how to take this no there's no way to take it there's no place for wrestler number two to go away from it what there's if wrestler no number two just goes down flat because right now he's up on his elbows yes he's up on his elbows and his knees are up underneath his hips right when he's on all fours, there's no, it just compresses him straight down. Look, he can't. But the that's what, that's what I'm saying. If he just laid flat out, he'd be no, okay. No, no, he would not be okay. This is still a, a tremendously dangerous move. Treme- just incredible. The amount of physical risk to the guy who's taking it. Uh, just, and it's so irresponsible. I know somebody is going to hear this or, see it and they're going to freak out and they're going to defend, you know, either a fan who's never done this is going to defend this, you know, or the wrestlers themselves, much like what we heard, that ridiculous justification for the uh, Kenny Omega drop me on my head spot, you know, um, 
which was absurd and it's insulting to the intelligence of anybody that listens to it. I mean, now I'm, I'm looking at this and tell me, tell me if I'm right, bro. I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking at basic arrow dynamics. Could this just not have snapped his backbone? Unquestionably. It could have broke his spine. Yeah. Jeez, bro. Unreal way for the guy who's performing the move to, to pull or to redirect the force with the with the momentum that he's got and the direction he's going. There's no way to because that's what you ultimately do when you do something. You either try to redirect the force or pull the momentum back in a you know in a way. But because again everything's from the hips, he's jumping and he's basically backswinging his hips and driving down his knees. Bro. You know, and I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, well, I'm going to hit flat with my shins. But he still could snap that guy's back. And that guy. But now why wouldn't the guy, why wouldn't the guy on the mat, okay, at least lay flat, at least lay flat? It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if he lays flat. He's in all fours like that. I'm sure, you know, they had this conversation and the guy probably giving it talk, told the guy to get in that position so that he'd have some place to collapse to. But the guy's so balled up, there's nowhere to collapse because it's everything's up right up underneath all the other joints. The elbows are directly up underneath the shoulders. The hip, the knees are directly up underneath the hips. And now he's he's stuck in that position. You know, in order to go flat, he's got to go out. His arms and his legs have to go forward and backward. And there's no way to do it. And it's just, and I, the reason I sent it in was it's just another prime example of stunt wrestling. That's all it is. It's just, it's just you know, uh, 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 let's do a big, very, very uh, risky and in, you know, dangerous move so that we can get acknowledgement for it. And granted, uh, you know, we are acknowledging it. We're, you know, we are putting it over, but, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I said it because it just is a, a perfect example of complete, utter lack of respect and disregard for the, their opponent and, and irresponsibility. Yeah. All right, Jeff, what's, what's next? It can't be worse than that. Uh, this one also sent in by oh. Al. All these were sent in by Al. All the rest of them were sent in by Al. That, that one's wrapping up. Okay, here we go. So the first one I think was two girls. What is what is what is even happening here? I need somebody to lay this out for me. What is happening here? Barbed wire baseball bats. They go to swing them at each other. They strike both strike the baseball bats that have explosives and very high level explosives on the baseball bat. Somebody at some point is going to die in the middle of that ring. It's just insane. I'm pretty sure this is the same Japanese promotion where Kenny Omega stuck his hands in the guy's ass. I think it's the same company. Why not? DDT or something like that. Yeah. We get a lot of crazy clips from them. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, where does it end? I'm going to read. I'm going to read something after this, Jeff. Jeff, I know know you... I know you uh, work hard on a format, but some things come up while I'm doing my other shows, and I'm like, "Bro, I gotta, I gotta read this to Al <laughs> because Al will flip his lid." So keep going, keep going with this thread, Jeff. Then I'm gonna read something Al's gonna really enjoy. You want to do it now or after the videos? After the videos, let's do it okay. after the videos. Okay. The next one's also sent in by Al, I think I, but I sent that one in because again, it's another. Oops. Sorry. Of, of what I said, which was, where, where do these, you know, the stunt wrestling, where does it end? Where, when do you get to a point where it's, you know, we've got wheat whackers, people setting themselves on fire, you know, uh, we've, we've <laughs> just. <laughs> Jeff, do you have that apron spot? I don't think so. Oh, my God. There was a Darby Allen apron spot, I think, from this past week's show. Oh, it was just as bad as the first video we saw. And these are professionals on TV. Jeff, maybe when I read the article, you can look for it. Okay. Okay. All right. Go ahead. What do we got here? This one I'll send it by Al. This is a 
quick little montage. <laughs> a montage. Oh my god. Yeah, they're they're very short. Do you want to do them one at a time? There's yeah, let's do them one at a time. Here, hit me as hard as you can in the face. Oh, wait, hold on now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jeff. That Al, he was hitting a guy that has had how many concussions in his career? I wonder where they came from. That's Brian Danielson, bro. Serious ones too. Yeah, Yeah. who couldn't rest? Whose career was over because of concussions and crap? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and, and what for? What for? What what person in that audience felt that? What person? And and how well was Brian Danielson able to sell it and really put it over? Concerning was probably semi conscious. You know is what this, I mean? Is this Elix Skipper? Yeah, uh, this poor guy. Uh, he's a. I feel sorry for him after this. That's all. Yeah, I know. watch. Oh, oh my! What is? What is wrong with these people, bro? It's everybody. It's stunt wrestling. But but bro, listen, Al, this isn't even stunt wrestling because you would have had to perfect the stunt. I know it is, but the real sad thing is, and I again, I'm I'm just you know going on what I've seen, witnessed, experienced. what I've, what I've witnessed and experienced is a guy will take a move like that. The other guy that just did it to him will cover him. The guy will kick out and he'll stand up like nothing happened and he'll get offense on the other guy. Then what was the point of taking that physical risk? Do you know what? Even the first video where the guy did the, you know, the, the backflip, cut the backflip and dropped his knees on the guy's back. It, it would not shock me. It would not surprise me that that was not the thing that could put, because that's what we've seen. Remember we saw, the two girls, where the one girl shoved the other girl off a balcony, second-story balcony, and she, her head collided with the ring apron. And then the uh, the girl that had fallen and had collided with the ring apron got up, got more offense on the other girl, and ended up beating her by throwing, doing a move off of the ring apron through a table on the girl. And it's just absurd because it's like you're not even doing it – to put a person in jeopardy of losing, you're just putting them in per- jeopardy of possibly losing their lives. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Now this, this third one is hilarious. I love the next, I love the third part of this. <laughs> <laughs> Play that again. <laughs> yeah, they were very short. <laughs> the girl pushing them too is the best part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, at least that guy's got a lot of uh, cushion, man. You know, I mean, oh my god. Uh, Next one, also sent in by Al. Uh, now, okay, it's very hard to see. These are all plastic forks stick sticking out. You know, the fork end sticking out of whatever this contraption is. Oh my god. These the the I swear to God, bro, they've they've lost their minds, man. They've just they're lost their minds. I, 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 and I swear, I want to just travel around and sit in the locker room and record the conversations of how they discuss this before they stop there. <laughs> that, I, that's all I want to do now. I find that probably the most entertaining factor is that these are uh, let's let's really break it down, okay? These are people that that's two people that hold regular jobs somewhere that you probably have interacted with and don't even realize that yeah. by, by nightfall, they become this other person who suddenly their IQ level after the sun goes down drops as well. And they get, they're they able to convince each other to do this ridiculous stuff. I mean, it's just... What's look, look I, before anybody starts... You know, everybody does it. You know, yes, I know it's wrestling. I get it. But there are certain things that increase dramatically the percentage of risk of injury. And and I'm not talking about being hurt. We live hurt every day in our careers. Injury is where you cannot work. You cannot make a living. And this is not being done to make a living. This is being done for a momentary reaction not even a real emotional reaction just one of shock and awe and you know and you're gonna oh, those are really emotions they're not the same as 
real ticket driving emotions. I just can't understand how like, okay, listen, man, if these guys were having a just a regular match yeah. and then they do something like this, yeah. there is a chance there is a chance that the human brain watching this will remember this. But here's the problem, Al, and, and I don't know how they don't understand this. When, when it's when it's stunt after stunt after stunt after stunt, especially on AEW, when you're getting two hours of this, the human brain is not built to remember all of that. It's probably going to remember the last thing that it sees. So I'm just saying when these guys are going through this shit backstage, does anybody say they're not going to remember all that? No. They don't. And what what have you seen? Because I sent these in also for that reason. What we what I've talked about the the entropic uh, entropic uh, result where the snake's eating its own tail. They just keep having to. We're going to talk up. about that in a second. Exactly what Al said. Yes. Know what I mean? They just yeah. got to keep raising the bar. You know, we we you know the very first video was a prime example of that. Of well. I can I can cut a backflip and, and I can land on the guy, but you know what? To really stand out now and to impress somebody, I got to cut a backflip and drop both my knees directly in their back, you know, and potentially cripple them for the rest of their life. You know, I've got to, we're, we're you know, uh, we're going to do a death match. Well, let's have barbed wire baseball bats. Okay, but let's put high power explosives on them. What do you think of that? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read you uh, the explanation for that now. Is there anything else, Jeff? The Rumble here at Legendary Action Wrestling. Well, I saw this, too, man. I saw this. This is brutal. Rumble, who is going to win tonight? Here we go. <laughs> In his mind, he is about to take flight and go all the way across this fucking room. And uh, he's so close. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Uh, fuck it, I'm just kicking him off. Jeff, I listen. I want to explain something because I don't think I don't think people understand this. Honestly, guys, because I was around these conversations and I heard it. Jeff, when you have trained professional wrestlers, you know, we have Al. Al brings okay. up Al brings up yeah, Al brings up Jeff Jarrett. You know, you you got your Bret Hart. It doesn't matter. Bro, when they're when they're going over this shit, Al, correct me if I'm wrong. Huh. Is is weight distribution like not discussed? You guys discuss it. Jeff, they literally discuss weight distribution whereas if you do this my body's gonna shift this way and the weights i mean am i right out yeah yeah <laughs> that would that though uh the reason i sent that video in is, is a it's a good example of the complete and again be aware okay and you don't have to i don't care if you look like you know, this is an aesthetic and cosmetic business. Those two guys look like wrestlers. I mean, they, they look big. Absolutely like, do. Absolutely. They like kick somebody's ass, okay? Right? Uh, and that's not what I'm saying. So it's not about appearance. It is no, about... No, not at all. You can tell neither one of those guys know a guy named Jim that let alone go to one. And, and you know, they have, they have no a bit of athletic ability whatsoever. And as a result, they they have no respect for their opponent. They have no respect. You know, you can just tell by the way the guy just swung that kick. You know, Al, could that possibly have been a could that possibly have been a comedy spot? Uh, that was not a comedy spot. Watch the way it's done. That guy is doing that with intent. He believes he's going to make it all the way across that ring and knock the guy off. The road. <laughs> I, I gotta believe this is a comedy spot. Right? No. Right? His mind is thinking. Here I go. I'm going to, and he's envisioned in his head that he is going to spear that guy, and that guy is going to go off the ring apron. And now look at this guy. He's hanging. He's, oh, like it was, he's falling into a, a pond of piranha, you know? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, God. if it was a comedy spot, the crowd didn't think so because they just, 
were yeah. died when he hit the floor. Uh, there was no sound. Watch this. This is a crap. One guy left. Me and the one guy got it. Yeah. All right, what's next, Jeff? And we got one final clip here, also sent in by Al. After the somebody called him Sean Michael. Your winner. All right, this clip was longer than I thought it was. Here we go. <laughs> This is gross, Vince. You might not want to oh, watch. Oh, no, no. I'm not watching. Go ahead. Uh, All right. What ha- tell me what happened. The guy did a 450, 720, whatever the hell these over-rotations are, and he landed straight on his head. It wasn't as bad as I thought, Vince, but it, he la- landed straight on his neck. Yeah. And then he's in the weird position afterwards. Like, yeah. And does he kick out? That's where the video ended, so I don't know. Oh my God. All right, let's out. Jeff, I want you to look for the Darby Allen. It was on Dynamite. It, 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 was, it was somebody tweeted it out yesterday, man. It was an apron spot. See if there's any way you could find it. Al, you'll be glad to know I've got an explanation for all this. I'd love to hear it. Please listen. I know you do listen intently. Listen to this, Al. Listen to this. This was on Wrestling Inc. yesterday. Okay. Dave Meltzer calls AEW's recent blood and guts best recent blood and guts best it's done, but has concerns. This is by somebody called Eric Mutter. Listen to this out. Okay. Nearly a week later, everyone is still talking about the blood and guts match from last week's AEW Dynamite episode between the Blackpool Combat Club and the Golden Elite. Chief among them is veteran pro wrestling journalist Dave Meltzer, who had high praise for the match, rating it four and three quarter stars. Holy yeah. Yeah, listen, li- li- listen to Hallelujah. Al, Al, you will love on this. A scale that just exponentially goes up or down based on his whims, you know. Yeah, listen, in an appearance on Maguire on Wrestling, Meltzer discussed the match and even rated it against the previous Blood and Guts matches that AEW has done while also sharing some concerns. This is Meltzer quote now. I thought it was the best one they've done by far, Meltzer said. But you know, everybody's got an opinion. The negative is that all of the weapons, and I can see that turning people off, once you're doing bed of nails and stuff, that's hardcore deathmatch stuff that a lot of people, a lot of people are going to like, which I don't understand. In the same sentence, he says, I can see that turning people off, and then a lot of people are going to like it. Yeah, he contradicted himself. Yeah, but listen to this. You will because love this. Quite honestly, and, it, and this is a fact, it turns, it does turn a lot of people off. Absolutely. One, because of the ultraviolence of it or the implied ultraviolence of it, okay? And for two, again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. There's always been this longstanding agreement between the wrestlers the wrestling business and the audience audience goes, Hey, we kind of know it's bullshit. And we all go, yeah, we know, but we're going to not do it to a point where we insult you and you can still kind of believe in it, that it's an actual organized competition. And then you can, you can have fun and be entertained. How about that? Okay, we'll do that. You know, we won't do anything to really insult your intelligence and stretch it too far. We'll, we'll all be on the same page, and we'll have a good time, and we'll make some money. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, as long as I get to forget my life and all the troubles and worries and deal with my kids screaming, great. I'll have a blast, and I'll pay to see it. But when they do these deathmatch things, then it's like you've taken this well beyond that where, you know, now that you're asking the audience, oh, come on now, guys. I just I can't buy this. Yeah. Right now, I'm getting to the punchline. Okay. Despite the praise, Meltzer was far more negative on some of the hardcore elements, particularly multiple spots with the bed of nails, stating it shouldn't have been included. However, he noted that those elements work for AEW's audience and thus couldn't entirely condemn the match, even if it didn't have the staying power of past hardcore matches. Okay, listen to the Here's the punchline out. Here's my, before we get into the punchline. Go ahead. I've heard, you know, where Chris Van Valet, uh did an interview with Meltzer and he was asking him about, you know, this star rating system and how, like, 
think about this. Kurt Angle has never gotten like a four and three quarter star match, I believe. Maybe he's gotten one. But now you're comparing a bed of nails match to, you know, and giving it the same rating as you would a Kurt Angle match. (laughs) Well, this may explain it. That makes complete sense. Take this in. Take this in now. This to me is this. This is unbelievable. Uh, And and we are going to discuss this. Okay. Here we go, Al. It's a different world now, Melta says. Now it's commonplace. When Randy Orton did it, people remember it 20 years later. Now it's in matches and people don't even remember it. They did thumbtacks on Friday night at Ring of Honor pay-per-view too, but that's wrestling. Here we go. It's always been that way. You start a flying tackle and you end up with a triple somersault. Did the flying tackle in 1929 get more of a reaction than the triple somersault? Of course it did, because that's the evolution of wrestling. It's always going to get wilder and crazier. And and I'm sitting here and I'm reading this and I'm like, Al, all the years you've had in the business, all the years I was writing in the business, bro, the Beto Nails was available to us. What, what evolution? We could have done every single thing they're doing now, but we have brains in our head, and we understood this is a work. We don't want anybody to get hurt. We want to protect the talent. He He's making it sound like this is evolution. When, bro, we could have been doing the same thing for the last 40 freaking years. You don't think that even in 1929 they had access to a bed of nails? That's they what I'm walked, saying. They could have literally went out the tent, go down two tents at the carnival to the geek show and ask the guy, hey, can I borrow a bed of nails? I want to throw them in my match. And the guy would be like, what? Okay. And yes, he's absolutely right. The wrestling business has evolved. It will continue to evolve because your audience will continue to evolve. The only one singular difference, the only thing that has changed about wrestling is that, yeah, in 1929, the diving tackle got a big reaction, and it was a simplistic move because there was a much simpler audience. And I don't mean as far as intellect or quality of individuals that went and attended it, and we're going to get into that old saw about, you know, well, you know, it's lowbrow entertainment, bro. It's, you know, it's just for blue-collar people, you know. Bullshit. Absolute, utter, complete bullshit. That's a myth. And it's not true. And if it were true, I would agree. But it's not. Okay? The different, the, as far as sophistication, a 10-year-old today is far more sophisticated than an adult 20 years ago. They have access on the uh, to information and events and, you know, and I can go on down the list right in the palm of their hands. And that, therefore, they live in a much more sophisticated you know, environment. And as a result, the audience is now itself as an entity much more sophisticated, which means if you as the performer, that doesn't mean you got to go do a bed of nails, that you've got to do a triple, you know, like what we've watched with these videos where you've exponentially increased the risk of potential life altering or life ending injuries. No, that's not. What it means is that you as a performer have to work harder. And I do mean work. Be more effective at telling the lie and allowing the audience to believe in you, yourself, the person, and your intent and the consequence therein of whether or not you are able to achieve the goal of winning, period. And that means you have to work much, much more on a higher level. You've got to be much more athletic, not in the sense of you've got to do these crazy moves, in the, and you can do them, I don't care. But in the sense of your athleticism has to lead, lend credence to me being able to believe in your intent and the consequence of your actions. That's it. How do they do that? Do that? That's been a long-standing agreement between the wrestling business, the wrestlers, and the audience, and we are on a regular basis now for the last God knows how many years violating that precept 
by and just excusing it, going, ah, oh, that that stuff's dead now. Al, I got to ask you a question because you're you're around them all day. You're you're around the the the, the young talent we're talking about. Do they actually believe? That the dangerous stunts is easier than working harder, like you they said. Don't know, they don't know how. They, Vince, they they're not that, that that the things that are intrinsic about, and that's why you'll hear me talk about it. Is that the things that are intrinsic about the wrestling business? I, even just the terms, the vernacular of 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 what we use in communication, the real understanding of the definitions of what those things are and how they interplay in the psychology of, of performing a wrestling match are taught, are not taught. There are no standards. That was, and that was why I said that one video where the big guy just kind of boom, because there are no standards anymore. You, there, there's no, you know, again, I've brought this up. I find it insulting. I really do that any other, and that's what this is, is it's a licensed profession. Okay. It's not, it's not boxing. It's not MMA where it's an athletic endeavor. It is an athletic endeavor, but it's an athletic endeavor to pursue a profession of entertaining an audience. Period. That's why it should have standards. If you go to any state in the union, in the United States, anywhere, and you want to be a beautician, you want to be a barber, you want to be a mortician, my wife, who is a licensed massage therapist, you, she had to attend. And look, licensed massage therapist the potential for injury is what, you know, it, there's, it's there, but you know, it's not like you're getting dropped on your head on a nightly basis. Right. She had to attend a state accredited state approved, uh, you know, training center school, an actual like vocational school. She had to complete a certain amount of state required hours of training. And that varies from state to state. Some are more, some are less. She had to be taught by an actually state-accredited teacher who had to pass certain standards to be able to prove they were an instructor and could teach the proper skills to where this person could operate safely with the general public. She had to then complete a certain number of residency hours, meaning hands-on experience under supervision. And then and only then could she pay her money and take a test to get a license to be a licensed masseuse. As a professional wrestler, no matter what state it is, if they have a commission, you or anyone else can simply, eat at the most, take a physical and then pay your money and you're a licensed wrestler. Yeah, I've told, told people this before, that a couple years ago, you know, before COVID and all that, there was like nearly 4,000 licensed professional wrestlers in the state of Kentucky. What are they all doing and where are they? How can you have 4,000 licensed professional wrestlers in one state? It, it, there's no standards to it. And that is what, in, 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 you know, there's no standards to opening up a school. Anyone with any amount of experience can go do it, you know, and, and they can just put it in their garage. They can put it in a strip mall. And here we go. We're going to start disseminating uh, our experience and give you, you know, information that's going to translate into you being able to capitalize on opportunities to actually pursue this as a real professional career. When they themselves don't have the very experience that you are wanting to attain. And yet they can just, and people take, you know, oh, yeah, you just take my money and I'll just come in. And it's, it has become far too easy to become a professional wrestler. And, and, and videos uh, like, and, and conversations like what Dave Meltzer's talking about are proof of that. It used to be like it used to be that you were one of the boys, and you know how it is, Vince. It was a badge of honor. Yeah, it was. It was to be considered one of the boys and to be considered one of the locker room. You know, is considered a badge of honor. Like you know, when I go to uh, conventions and stuff, the fact like the older, you know, they're my generation. You know, Ted DiBiase, and you know, and and Ricky Steamboat and guys like that. And they look at me as a peer, you know, and that's a big compliment to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and because back in the day, let me tell you something, you had to scrape and claw and do everything you could to just get in the business. Then you had to earn your way on a show. Then you had to earn your way in the locker room. And then you had to earn your spot on the car. And you just had to keep earning. I mean, nothing was given to you. And now, hey, 
you know, and, and this goes back, and I'm not doing this to impugn anybody, I'm just saying where it changed. WrestleMania 3 was around that period of time where pretty boy Larry Sharp opened up the Monster Factory, and he was one of the very first that was just, hey, you got the money, I got the time. You want to be a wrestler? Let's go. And to the point where he started selling franchises of the Monster Factory to some of the other boys, you know, because he had gotten so much mainstream publicity out of it. And, you know, the wrestling business was hot and everybody jumped on the train and that was where things changed. It was no longer, you know, hey, this is a a business where when somebody comes in, the person bringing that person in is responsible for them. And it was all it was very much an apprenticeship program. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Training didn't end. Once you know, just at the at the uh, what the, the the dojo or the fight club or, uh, you know, it it ended. It never ended because you would at the first few years, the guy that trained you always brought you to other wrestling shows, and you got booked on his station and that and that promoter's trust of him, you know, and you rode with that guy and he supervised you and because he was responsible for you and his career and his livelihood now hinged on your behavior and whether or not you did anything to violate the precepts of the business. And so they took great pains, you know, uh, they, they did it in, you know, not the best ways, but they took great pains to impart the information that is intrinsic to the art of professional wrestling. And that that's all gone now. Yeah, every bit of it's gone. Now, it literally, here's here's the normal training routine: is you bring them in the ring, teach them how to take bumps, teach them how to lock up, teach them how to take a headlock, take somebody over, uh, a couple of wrestling moves. They learn to hit the ropes, and then they're starting to do shit they saw on Raw. I mean, honest to God, I swear to you, that's that in, and then we break it down that it's this ridiculous seven step formula. That's, you know, step one, shine the baby face. Step two, it's, you know, cut the baby face off. It's the heat spot. Step three, get your heat. The only heat you're getting is with me because I have to keep watching this stupid match. All right. And then it, it just, and they just break it down into paint my numbers, which now that seven step formula has devolved even further into every company. It's now a tennis match between. Well, Al, I'm going to interrupt you there because to me, out of everything we've seen, this is the absolute worst based on the level. Bro, this this is this past Wednesday on Dynamite. So this is televised. This is the number two uh, wrestling company in the United States. And because of the level they're at, this is worse than anything we've seen. Play this for Al, Jeff. That's Darby Allen. Watch this, Al. Oh, my God. What did, <laughs> do it again. Right on the ring apron, bro. All, all his force on him from the top rope. Look look at this, bro. And why? Nobody, nobody in the audience knows that ring apron <laughs> is the most dangerous place on that ring. It really genuinely, I'm not making this up. Uh, you know, I remember one, in 1981 when I was trained. You know, the, you know, when we would go, we'd, we literally had to go to a boxing ring. So we're, we, you know, and he's teaching us, Jim Lancaster's teaching us the proper way to get thrown out of the ring. And the one thing he always said was, you know, you always get yourself away from the ring apron. You're safer to hit the floor than you are that ring apron. Yeah. Hey, Al, I've got a theory and I am not, um, I am not bullshitting you. I swear to God, this is what I'm starting to believe, especially after I watch something like that and Darby Allen is involved. No shit, bro. Bro, I honestly believe, you know, looking at Darby Allen, looking at like Moxley, looking at some of these these wrestlers, bro, I, I honestly believe there's a death wish at some level. I honestly believe, bro, like literally these guys believe if they got you talk about a badge of honor, I think these guys believe that if they got 
paralyzed in a ring or got killed in a ring that they they literally would go down as legends of the business for what they did for their craft i honestly believe that because bro there's no other explanation why they do this it's it's it saddens me for uh, that young kid darby because he has painted himself into a corner he literally now that's that guy from day one that's what's got him over and and he is going to he really is going to regret this for a very long time. And then Moxley to to see we've discussed this before with from Moxley going from WWE to AEW and the descent the literally that he was a star in WWE and I mean let, this is a testament to the power of WWE and its platform and Vince Vince, Vince McMahon. He was a guy that people, you know, he was an attraction. He now is, he's literally reduced, he has reduced himself to doing these sideshow circus geek wrestling matches uh, because I'm not even going to call them death matches, you know, because back, you know, even back in the day when they had like, you know, Dory Funk Sr. initiated the, the Texas death match, you know, there was a story behind it and an enmity between the two you know, performers that, that that was what sold was the heat of, you know, now this is a final way to, to shut this conflict down. These, these, uh, the problem I have with all these death matches and, you know, the really just, you know, geek sideshow matches is what they are, uh, is that, that's not what it's done for. It's not done to culminate and blow off a conflict in only the only manner that they can, which is that the hatred between the two wrestlers had gotten so heavy and so dramatic that it's not only affecting those two, but everyone else in the locker room and the, you know, the organization, the uh, governing body determined that, well, there's only one thing we can do and that's, you know, have a lights out match or which meant that, you know, it no longer was sanctioned by the governing body, gov- excuse me, governing body and that anything goes. They, that this means there's going to be wholesale violence between these two because they hate each other so much. And here's our chance to finally settle the conflict. One way or another, we're going to walk out of that building and somebody is going to win and somebody's going to lose. And that's it. It's so dire. It's going to take these extreme circumstances. None of this is being done for that. Yeah. All of this is being done for shock and awe. And to your and, and I do think there is for some of these performers, there is, you know, like Brian Danielson, okay, wonderful guy. He likes hitting people and getting hit like that. And and does consider it a badge of honor. And 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 I think Moxley likes doing these bar you know, these uh these geek matches, these carnival sideshow matches. I think Darby Allen gets off on, you know, doing, taking these types of bumps and doing these types of things so that he can stand out, you know, gets off on it, but he also kind of like Mick Foley. That was the thing that made him stand out. That was the thing that, you know, he was willing to do to his body to make himself, you know, make an impression, you know, um, Mick did it in a more intelligent fashion, but, uh, still the same thing. And, you know, uh, but it's sad for these guys because now they, they've taught that audience. That's what you get to, you expect, you get from me, is that now every time I walk out there, this is what you the performance. And I've got to do it consistently because if I don't, then the audience that paid to see that and have that experience doesn't receive it. They're not going to be willing to continue to do Man, it. I wish Mick, I, listen, I love Mick to death, um, but man... And and Mick is always going to kayfabe this, bro, because Mick was born to be a pro wrestler, man. That's who he is. But, man, I wish I wish Mick would talk about what it's like for him to get up in the morning and, like, li- literally smarten these guys up and, like, kind of let them know, like, guys, like, this is what I did and this is what my well, life is. It won't stop it because everybody glorifies and glamorizes those risks that he took. And 
and you know everybody glorifies and glamorizes Jeff Hardy. You know, and how many times did you personally see the minute he got done wrestling, he came back and put a huge pack of ice on his lower back and could barely walk? I mean, literally could barely walk. Yeah. You know, yeah. what? You know, everyone glamorizes it and glorifies it. And as long as everyone continues to, you know, it gets some kind of uh, satisfaction, you know, satisfaction, and then these people are going to be motivated to do it. And then I, it's almost, and I'm not saying this as a crack at you, because you're going to get defensive, all right? Uh, and it's not my fault. You, your body looks like a coloring book now, okay? It literally, it's, it's it's almost the same endorphin rush as getting tattoos, you know? And they and they get addicted to that and then now magnify that and amplify that by an audience of several thousand people reacting to it. And now you've got all the justification you need to just continue to do it and do it bigger and higher and greater on another level that motivates even more of these young people to attempt to outdo you to hopefully be the next one to get noticed and get a spot to do it on a regular basis. I would just say this, like I don't think any tattoo I've gotten on my body equals the pain of that last spot. that We just, if, if, if I sat down with the tattoo artist and he said, okay, Vince, this is going to feel like, Somebody's got you on the top rope, bro, and they're just going to drop you into the side of the ring. I think I'd pass on the tattoo. Well, let me tell you my best tattoo story. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to shorten this way up because okay. right. it's a much more elaborate story. Okay. So my brother, my younger brother was wrestling at one time. He was a wrestler and he wanted me to, you know, this was when I first came down uh, to OVW years ago. And he wanted me to go watch this, this show. And he's telling me about these wrestlers and about what had happened the show before. And he's telling me about El Escritario. Okay. And I know that there are going to be people who go, oh, I've heard it because I've told this story a number of times. All right. And he's telling me about the tattoo that El Escritario has got on him. And I'm like, and he's trying to motivate me to go watch the show. And the minute I hear about this tattoo, I go, I'm in. I got to go see this. Because there's no way this guy's got this on him. Right. So I show up that night, and the whole night I'm trying to get a, a, a look at the tattoo, you know. He's only got three on his whole body, all right. He's got uh, down here near his elbow, he's got uh, three big X's, and then a big space between, and then there's some flames up here. Aesthetically, I would have thought the flames would have been come off the X's, but hey, it's not my heart. <laughs> now he's got on the entire side of him, on his left side, right, from up here in the armpit to all the way down to his waist, it looks like an, uh, a child with a blue Sharpie drew it on. So, you know, that makes it even better. First off, you know, do you know what El Escritario means in Spanish? No idea. I don't. It's fantastic. You know, most luchadors would have a, an exciting Mil Mascaris or Aero Fuego Skyfire. You know what I mean? Mil Mascaris, Million Masks, uh, you know, Blue Demon. He's L. Escritario. Sounds awesome. Sounds like an amazing name, does it not? Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it means the desk. <laughs> he's a large, heavy piece of furniture. Okay, all and right. So he's the L. desk. Escritario. Yeah. What do you think he's got tattooed here on his side? Not a, not a, no. No, no he doesn't. Desk. That'd make too much sense. What's he got? He had a, I had, used to have a picture on a phone. I showed it to Steve Austin to prove it. He had a top-loading Sears Kenmore washing machine tattooed on his side. <laughs> Why? Here's my conversation. Why do you have a washing machine on your side? He goes, well, I didn't think anybody else would have one. I go, well, you got me there. I've been on the I've never seen anybody else. I go, uh, you ever thought about getting a dryer on the other side? He goes, no. I go, why? He goes, I don't like them. I go, Okay. <laughs> but you got a washing machine on one side. He goes, yeah, I like them. I go, I like flat screen TVs, but you're not going to see me come in here next week with a Sony 52 inch on my chest. I mean, it's not going to happen. Oh my God. And the best part was he was dead serious. So I go, you gonna, you thought I ever thought about getting a dryer on the other side? No, why not? I don't like them. <laughs> I was like, well, there we go. I got one last surprise for you. Oh, Okay. Okay, here we go, Jeff. I'm going to share my screen. 
Jeff doesn't even know about this. Jerry Lane doesn't even know about this. Oh, good old Jerry. Time limit. Introducing from New York City, New York, at 223 pounds, the most educated man in wrestling, <laughs> Dr. Jerry Graham, Jr. Yeah. His opponent from Moosehead, Maine, at 416 pounds, Look at that, man. That's tremendous. Look how many people are going. <laughs> how tremendous. It makes an army They're not going to tell me this isn't off. better than Darby Allen on the ring apron, bro. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> look at look at that thing. Look at the size of it. Look at him get it off. It almost oh my it. god, that is awesome! Because four guys bro. carrying four guys carrying that moose head out. Of, wow, moose is a big man, Al. Huh? He was a big guy. Yeah, he was a very big guy. And he, he was like a very top like football player, you know what I mean? Oh my! You know, back God. when they didn't wear, where they didn't wear pads and they just had a leather helmet, the guy was he was a beast. I want to believe uh, that in 2023, somebody has somebody still has ownership of that moose head. I really want to believe I that. Hope so. I hope oh, so. that was the best, absolutely the best. awesome. Spring apron, it tilts. Whoa. <laughs> that was phenomenal. I, well, hold on, I wanna, Jeff. I want to thank who who sent that to me. I, I want to give him credit. Who was that? Uh, I'll, I'll 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 have to look it up. I'll shout him out on one of my shows. Can you just like yeah, a actually, I I have it because I was going to save that for next week because we had a lot of Al videos. So give me uh, just a second. I'll yeah, give, give credit to uh, to who sent that to us, Jeff. Uh, it was sent in by Wally. Wally, good old Wally. All uh, right. Uh, Al, what is going on in your world, man? Well, we've got OVW TV live tonight. Uh, you can watch it on the Fight TV app live, or if you're in Louisville, Kentucky, on live on WBNA from 7 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern. If you want more information on OVW, you can go to ovwrestling.com. We are out in on, on tour this weekend. We'll be in Owensboro, Kentucky on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, we'll be down in Hazard, Kentucky. I'll probably pick myself up some shine while I'm there. Uh, is, that, is that is that the Dukes of Hazard? Is that is that it? Well, they never really say where you know what Hazard it is, but uh, yeah, it I it there is the belief that it was in Hazard, Kentucky. Interesting. Okay, yeah. down in the hollers. Uh, that's where my people come from. So. <laughs> Instead on the porch and snap beans. Uh, anyway, uh, you can go watch us there, uh, ovwrestling.com. If you're wanting to learn more tricks of the trade than you could ever imagine and really, you know, develop a real rate of work, you know, the rate of work of being able to perform very death-defying maneuvers like, you know, having your opponent throw you head first onto a ring apron, um, or, you know, uh, using explosive barbed wire covered bats with that are very highly charged with like M80s or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, again, my personal favorite, setting your face on fire. Um, I just saw a video, didn't send it in. A guy literally took lighter fluid, poured it on his elbow pad, lit it on fire, threw the lighter fluid can down. The cameraman got the lighter fluid can, and then he took his elbow pad that was ablaze and dropped it off the t- second rope on his opponent and because it had fire on it it helped him pin and beat his opponent and that didn't even make and that didn't even make the show no nah, i didn't even send that in <laughs> because, because of course his opponent who had to lay there for 25 seconds while he was spraying lighter fluid and lit it ablaze, this was all so that it would ensure that the guy could hold the guy down for three seconds. Makes complete sense to me. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> you can learn all of that, every bit of it. You also can learn how to properly climb a ladder at like a professional wrestler <laughs> does, all at the OVW Academy. It's ovwacademy.com. Uh, you can check it out. We are, you know, we're the only state accredited by the Office of Proprietary Education 
as an actual trade school for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, and broadcasting, and ladder work. Okay? I And I personally teach that class. If you didn't witness it on the uh, commercial, I'm uh, an expert at ladder work. Okay? Uh, if you're wanting to follow me on social media, you can follow me at The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Uh, Jeff will attest. Hilarious jokes. Just tremendous. Yeah, I saw you went to like a plastic surgery anonymous oh, don't, group. Don't, don't. Yeah, a lot of big faces showed up, and I got to tell you, I was a little bit disappointed. Wait, say that again. I was setting up my sand trombone. Go ahead. I was setting it up. Go ahead. Me and Jeff. Go ahead, Jerry. Tell me what he said. Yes, I, I, I saw, Al, that you had attended a plastic surgery-type Alcohol Anonymous meeting. Or... Yeah, yeah, and a lot of new faces showed up, and, Jeff, I was quite disappointed. <laughs> All right, what else, Al? What else you got going on? Good. Good. Coming up soon, okay? New. Big announcement about yes. a big project that happened last year that I still got to be vague about, but we're <laughs> – we're right at we're at in mid August. I, I swear to God, bro, I'm going to start calling him Double J Junior. Be, between Al and Double J, I swear to God, I swear <laughs> to God, I never seen anything like it, bro. I hope to God I have as many lines as that man does. Oh my! All right, so 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 there's something big coming up. Big. Yeah. And when you you can tell us next week, maybe uh, middle of August. All right. Okay. All right. There it is. August. Okay. Big announcement. Huge. Really big. And uh, and it has something to do with what went on last summer. So, all right. That's all I can. That's all I can say right now. If you guys want to read my book, you can go to it's self help the life lessons from the bizarre wrestling career of Al Snow on Amazon.com. If you are interested in the comic book, you can go to BrokenIconComics.com. Got a team up coming out soon, uh, Prohibition Era, Gangster Story with Tommy Dreamer, and then a modern uh, kind of John Wick-type story with Scotty Tulati. Uh, we also have the Western that's already out, where I team up with Chavo Guerrero in the Old West story, and he writes Pepe the Stick Horse, BrokenIconComics.com. If you're a stand-up, you can go to Premier Streaming Network, and you can still access... Well, uh, the special that we did from Zanies in Chicago, I am so funny. I'm telling you, hilarious. Uh, and if you want to see me live, the next one is in my hometown in Lima, Ohio, on October 28th uh, at the Civic Center. I will be there uh, doing my stand-up show, which is going to be a little awkward because my mom is going to be in the audience, and so. Very nice. Very um, nice. All right. Listen, I don't want a woman now. And now, you know, and now, you know, she gets upset. Like when I curse a lot, you know, and she's, and I'm like, where do you think I learned it? I mean, <laughs> my, I, I thought my name was Jesus Christ. My brother's name was Goddamn for the first time. <laughs> wow, you know, wow, wow. Get in here. Jesus Christ, knock that off. You know? All right. Listen to me. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, we, we're going to have a clip next week. We're going to have a clip next week. That's going to be very embarrassing to Al and, and his entire career, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and the, be- early day ones with me on the AWA and working for much Dick. And no, no, no. Much worse than that. Dude, it can't be any more embarrassing than that. Because, I'm a, because I'm a scholar and a gentleman. Oh, okay. I'm going to smarten you up a little bit with a clip, an audio clip that should prepare you for next week. I'm prepared right now. Okay, here we go. This is an audio clip because I'm an honor and because I don't want to, I don't want anybody to say I ambushed them. Uh, Here we go. I did a lot of things as Ronaldo Piven, a lot of great things, but nothing has ever brought me the attention as like a moment with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. In the in a WrestleMania scrum or or CM Punk staring me down. So when you're you're in that moment and you got somebody you know you're that's super talented or whatever, and you can make a moment like that. Yeah, we're going to talk about next week your moment with Ronaldo Piven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We, we'll leave it in. Okay. We'll leave it in. Okay. We'll leave it in. Okay. Who's Ronaldo Piven? You worked with him, bro. You were in a major angle with him, bro. Ronaldo Piven. You were in a major angle with this guy. I was. 
I will wait till next week. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you a whole week to think about it because there is no defense. I, I'm telling you right now, by the time we click off of this, yeah. that little nugget of information is going to right out the yeah, Well, let me, let, 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 me, let me tell you something, bro. We, Jeff and I do a show every Wednesday called Castrating the Marks where no. we, we slay these dirt sheet writers and then and then they're sending in clips right that al actually was in a main event with one of them <laughs> we'll talk about that next week i was in a main event with you a- and ronaldo yeah you and ronaldo we'll we'll discuss we ha- i have the clip i got I the clip wait. i cannot wait to hear this because this no is- hear nothing i got the vi- i got the video next week get the video I yeah can- okay be ready I- I'd love yeah. to say that I'm good at, you know, that like I'm on the edge of my seat right yeah. now. Yeah. But I, I, I'm telling you, this is going to go right out the old mental. Ronaldo, window. listen, listen, Al. I have every, no idea who Ronaldo is. It's a cool name, Ronaldo. Every horrible thing I've done in my life, including the dog kennel from hell, <laughs> nothing compares to you in the main event with Ronaldo. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. Anything oh. I've done. You you could dig up my entire yeah. career. Nothing. Oh, there's plenty that you have done. <laughs> yeah. that You're going to be held Ronaldo accountable Kevin. next week. You held the world title, for God's sake. All right. Say goodbye, Al. <laughs> All right. All right. Next week. Next week, Al. You guys, will, you guys will see that Monday on Castrating the Marks. You will All right. See that Jerry, what's going on in your world, man? Check out our Patreon, guys. We got a new episode of Look Ma up by the time this comes out, where we look at a Sean Sapp red carpet interview with Cody Rhodes that is just fascinating in like the 10 minutes oh, God, bro, interview. Please, fascinating. Please, bro. You can check that out. Plus, Disco, EC3, Master Shoot Theater, Justin Incredible, Vic Venom, Extra Castrating the Marks, bonus shows, all that stuff. Patreon.com slash Russo TWC. Yeah, guys, really check it out, man. Guys, listen, honestly, man, you you can try Patreon for three dollars a month, bro. Like that's all it is. Try it. See if you like it. Because I promise you, bro, for 75 cents a week, bro, you're not gonna spend that 75 cents a week on anything more more entertaining than this. So Check it out, patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. That is it, everybody. For me, Alan Jerry, we'll see you next week.